All right, morning, everyone. Just, um, just quickly, I'll just, just share about some of the things that have actually been happening on a Friday night um, because we've, we, we've actually been seeing uh, amazing things. God do amazing things, and, and I really, really want to share that with everyone. I want you guys to be a part of what happens here on a Friday. It's not a, you know, it's not a separate thing from the church. And uh, so a, a couple of weeks ago, we actually had a, um, a worship night and I guess the, the whole point of this was we were sort of fitting in with what, what we were doing here on a Sunday. And so we had this night dedicated to worship. And wait, did I share this with you guys already? No, I haven't. Okay. I must have shared it with someone. I'm just thinking, wait, did I share that? No. Okay. We had this worship night. And, um, and I, um, I was feeling optimistic and I thought we were going to do, you know, we, this is going to be an amazing night. And I queued up on the, uh, on the computer seven songs for us to do. And we normally only do like three songs on a Friday. And I'm like, all right, well, it's, it's a worship night. We're gonna, I'm going to believe for God to do something, and we're going we're gonna to have seven songs. And anyway, we come into this place, and, and it is just an amazing, uh, an amazing time in, in the presence of God. There's kids all over the place. We're worshiping. We go through the entire seven songs. We even repeat one of the songs again. And, um, and, you know, and, and, and then at the end of the night, I'm like, okay, we've got some food next door. We're, we're going to go next door. And no one left. And no one left. And, 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 and this is like, yeah, yeah. These are teenagers, right? So you know when, when, they're, when they're not going for food and they're staying in the presence of God, there is something, there is something good about that. And um, on top of that, we actually had five, five kids Give their life to Jesus. Come on, that's and that's worth celebrating. Yeah, five young kids give their life to Jesus. So that's what's been happening on our Friday nights. Um, this morning, um, I, want, I want to share from uh, from Luke chapter eight. Um, I want to have a look at a, a passage of scripture there. Um, so if you've got your Bibles, you can turn to Luke eight. Just while we're turning there, um, church, if, you've, if, if God has done something amazing in your life, I so encourage you to share this with someone, right? Share it with, with, with someone, share it with us, share it with some of the team here, because testimonies are such a powerful thing. Testimonies are such a powerful thing. And, you know, I actually, uh, in the last two weeks, I've actually managed to hear a couple of testimonies about God uh, healing people's hearts. And, you know, whenever I hear a testimony, I get really excited because, you know, we know testimonies are, uh, it's, it's like an invitation for other people to experience that same thing, right? That's what, that's what it does. And so, and, and, and then when I, when I begin to hear testimonies that are God doing stuff, that's the same. I, I hear one testimony, God, God healed this person's heart. And then again, a few days later, I hear the testimony, God healed this person's heart. And that gets me really excited because God's doing something. And, you know, I, I, feel, I felt this morning um, as we were praying and having our prayer time before the, before the service that God wants to heal people's hearts in this place today. And so if you're here this morning and, and you've got some kind of heart condition, I believe the Lord wants to heal it today. Whether it's, um, um, I don't know, heart disease or if it's um, like a, a regular heartbeat or rhythm Whatever the, whatever the condition is of the heart, I feel like today the Lord wants to have breakthrough in that situation. We want to see complete healing in your life today. 
If that's you today, all, all, all I want you to do, you want to receive that healing, just, just put your hand up. Any condition, any condition of the heart today, any condition, whether it's been in your life since the day you were born, if something only recent, I believe the Lord wants to, wants to heal that today. We're going to see miracles. I'm seeing a few hands going up. Awesome. Why don't we just keep those hands up for a moment? Church, there's a few hands at the back. Why don't we actually just go and gather around? Just, just have a quick look around you. See who's, who's near you with a hand up. I encourage you today, be a, be a, part, of, be a part of what God's going to do. I encourage you to be a part of a miracle today in this place. A few more hands down the back here. We believe that the Lord heals. That's what he does. It's who he is. Let's begin to pray for breakthrough, for miracles. Lord, we thank you for the testimonies that we've heard this week about people's hearts being healed. Lord, we, we know that you're, you're in the business of healing hearts. And Lord, we pray today that you would heal these hearts, complete restoration of the heart. No matter what the condition is, Lord, we speak to that condition. We, we command it to be restored in Jesus' name. Heart disease, we command it to leave in Jesus' name. Irregular heartbeats come back into alignment with the way you were created and designed right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you. We thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Just as, uh, just as we're finishing up there, I actually just feel like the Lord's just telling me, is it someone, um, someone here this morning uh, with a, uh, a sore neck, some kind of neck injury? There's like a pain, uh, pain down the bottom of the neck. Don't, <laughs> don't look to your spouse. <laughs> someone, yeah, okay. Just, just at the bottom of the neck. It's hard to kind of turn, turn your neck, okay. Can we, just, can we just gather a few people down here and, and up the back here as well? If you want to just, just keep your hand raised till someone's around you. Lord, we just speak to this. We speak to the neck right now, Lord. We just release healing in Jesus' name. We release healing into that neck. Have free movement, free movement in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. God is good, amen. God is good. Hallelujah. Let me encourage you, church. Again, if, if God's doing something in your life, come and, come and tell someone. Come and share the testimony. It's such a powerful thing when, when we get to share what God's doing. Because there, because the reality is there are other people who need that same miracle. And if he does it for you, he'll do it for someone else. Why don't we just give the Lord a, a, a hand this morning? He's, he's, he's doing amazing things. Awesome. Who was here last week, last Sunday morning? Ben actually shared... Um, who can remember what he, what he shared about? 
get out of the dang boat. Get out of the dang boat. And we were looking at, we were looking at the story of, um, of Peter and Jesus walking on water. Right? This is actually one of my, one of my favourite stories. And I, I wanted to preach about it t- today, but Ben took it last week, so I got something else. But, <laughs> but, this, but, but, but what, what, what so challenges me is, is Peter's question. <clears throat> Let's just, just imagine for, for a moment, you're, you're standing in the boat, right? And there's Jesus off in the distance, and Peter calls out to him, if it's you, right? So at, at this point, Peter doesn't even know. He's not actually sure if it's Jesus. And he calls out to him, if it's you over there, tell me to come to you. It's such a crazy thing to think. Why, why, would, he, why would he do that? And, I, you know, I, I begin to think about all the, all the possible possible things that Peter could have said that would make so much more sense, right? <laughs> Here I am standing in the boat and, and, and Jesus is off in the distance and I'm thinking, Jesus, if, if that's you, you know, can you maybe come a bit closer? <laughs> you know, just, just come a little bit closer, that way I can confirm, yes, it's you, excellent. He could have asked so many other things. He could have asked, you know, Jesus, if it's you, calm the waves, if it's you, I don't know, make it rain fish or something. There's so many things that Peter could have said. But the reality is that any of those things would have meant that Peter stayed right where he was inside the boat. Instead, Peter asked probably the only thing, that the one thing that then required him to actually respond. He had to then respond in faith and step out of the boat. That so challenges me. You know, I, I, I think about what, you know, Peter's question, tell, tell me to come to you. The heart of that question is, is really, you know, I, I believe it's you, Jesus. I see you, I believe it's you, and I'm going to take this step of faith, knowing that, 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 that I'm going to trust you, that you're going to, that you're going to allow me to walk on the water. So... And, you, you know, you know as, as we know, Jesus said, come. Peter steps out. He walks for a little bit. And despite the fact that he then takes his eyes off Jesus and he begins to look around and begins to see the waves and he begins to, to sink in the water, despite that, you know, Jesus is there. He grabs him, pulls him up and walks with him back to the boat. Despite that little, that little mishap, Peter is still the only one we, we know of, apart from Jesus, to have ever walked on water. That's amazing. That's amazing. And so that was, uh, that, that was a bit of last week. And uh, we're actually in this, in this series at the moment, <clears throat> the theme for this, uh, this month, Get Out of the Boat. Get Out of the Boat. And we're looking at a lifestyle of faith. And this morning I want to kind of really sort of talk about that that lifestyle part. It's all about a lifestyle. You know, I don't, I don't want to just, um, just be here on a Sunday full of faith. You know, here, uh, as good as that is, you know, I, I don't just want to be here in this place ready to believe that God can do anything, ready to believe the impossible, full of faith, but then as soon as I leave, I, I don't take that with me. I want, to, I want that faith to go with me in, in every circumstance, every day of the week, everywhere I am, I want that to go with me. And, you know, we actually, we actually do everything we can 
like within, within these walls of this building, we, we do everything that we can to, to create an atmosphere and, a, and an environment to build your faith. We want to we have a place here where we can actually build your faith. But the reality is that, who knows, we need to take it with us. We, the, the people out there need it. We need, to, we need to be out there. Our vision is to transform our community through the love and power of Jesus. And we've got to take that faith with us. And so it's all about this, this lifestyle. It's a, it's a thing we do every day. It's part of us. And um, <clears throat> so this morning, I'm, I'm going to continue, continue with the theme of, of water and boats and storms. And, um, and we're going to look at this, uh, this verse here in Luke chapter 8. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right, are we all there? Luke chapter 8, let's have a look. <clears throat> One day Jesus says to his disciples, let's get in a boat and go across to the other side of the lake. So they set sail. Soon Jesus fell asleep. The wind rose and the fierce wind became a violent squall that threatened to swamp their boat. So the disciples woke Jesus up and said, Master, Master, we're sinking. Don't you care that we're going to drown? With great authority, Jesus rebuked the howling wind and the surging waves and instantly they stopped and they became as smooth as glass. Then Jesus said to them, why are you fearful? Have you lost your faith in me? Shocked and shaken, they said with amazement to one another, who is this man who has authority over winds and waves that they obey him? It's also important for us to understand what actually happens next. Um, <clears throat> the next part of this, the, the, the next scripture here is actually directly related to our, to our story here. When they, when they arrive, verse 26, it says, As soon as they stepped ashore on the eastern side of the lake, the disciples were confronted by a demon-possessed madman from a nearby town. And um, <clears throat> I'm not going to continue reading that part, but just, just so you guys understand the, uh, the, the story here, we've got, we've got the disciples, they, they, they're on this journey across over to the other side of the lake, and there, when they arrive, they're confronted by a demon-possessed man, and, and uh, what happens is essentially Jesus then casts out these demons into, into a herd of pigs, and they run off the cliff and, and drown. You know, how many, how many of us know that we actually have an assignment? The Lord actually gives us an assignment. You know, if we, if we look at, um, you know, the, the, the Great Commission in, in, in Matthew um, or in Mark chapter 16, before, before Jesus returns to heaven, he gives us this assignment. You know, he tells us to, uh, as, as you go, as you go into the world, preach the gospel and I, I love that as you go part because it's, it's like as you go to work, as you go to, to uni, as you go to the shops, as you go on holiday, as you go, as you go and do the things that you're doing in your life, preach the gospel. He tells us to cast out demons, lay hands on the sick and they'll be healed. And so the Lord actually gives us, as, you know, as, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we've got this assignment. You know, it's not just like, we give our lives to Jesus and then that's it. We just sit back, relax, put our feet up, 
We're all done. We've actually got an assignment. But who knows that the Lord also actually gives us... <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> I'm losing my voice. Um, who knows that the Lord actually gives us, like individually, we, we get assignments as well. And so, you know, we may, you may have the Lord speak to you something like, something really, really quite simple and, and just say something like, I, I just want you to go and talk to someone. Or he may say something like, just send, I want you to send this person a text message, just see how they're going. Um, maybe, maybe, you've, <clears throat> maybe you've been, someone's going to have to pray for me. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> Maybe you've been at the, at the petrol station and um, the Lord says, you know, I want you to pay for that person's fuel. Maybe you've been at the shops, you know, pay for someone's groceries. Who, who's, who's had that happen before? And, um, or maybe you've, uh, maybe you've received an assignment from God that's actually something quite big. Maybe it's something like, he says, I want you to sell your house. Or maybe it's something like, um, you know, join the mission field, go overseas, or give away heaps of money, something like that. The, the Lord actually gives us, individually, we get assignments. And so I want to have a look. This, um, in this passage here, the Lord actually gives Jesus and the disciples an assignment. The assignment here is actually to free the demon-possessed man. That's what the assignment is. Now, if we look back at the start of this, at the start of this scripture, we don't actually know if Jesus knows that's the assignment specifically. The Bible doesn't tell us if, if right at the start Jesus knew he had to go and free uh, a man who was possessed by demons. But what we do know is what Jesus tells the disciples. Right at the beginning of this, of this passage, he tells the disciples, get in a boat, let's go to the other side. And that's all the information they get. That's it. There's a couple of points I want to I want to share about this. The first is that, you know, when we when we when we're living a lifestyle of faith, it's so important for us to actually be listening for the voice of God. It's so important. You know, I I think we it's something we actually have to do intentionally. We kind of can't just go through life hoping that there's going to be a voice from heaven shouting out. You know, as we're going and God's going to stop everything we're doing and, 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 and you know, somehow get our attention. We really got to be intentional. When we wake up in the morning, when we go to work, when we're at work, you, you know, when you're in boring, mundane meetings, you've got to be listening. What, what is God saying? What is he telling me? Because, you know, the reality is we, we just never know when he's going to actually speak to us. It's so important that we are, we are actively listening to what the Holy Spirit is saying. Just, um, just this week, um, uh, Monday night this week, coming, oh, we, we went to the Ecker. Who's been to the Ecker this week? No, maybe that's why I've got a sore throat. <laughs> Stay away. We were coming back from the Ecker, um, and it was late at night. It was like 10, 10.30 at night, and we're heading home down Bribey Island Road. We live out at Bribey, and um, it's like pitch black at night, no one else around, Driving down, it's like 80 kilometres an hour, 100, maybe it's 100 kilometres an hour, a uh, bit of road there. And I'm driving along and, and Emily is, and Sienna are in the car and they're both asleep. It's just me sitting there quietly. And all of a sudden, this voice just sort of speaks to me. And it's like, it says, if an animal jumps out in front of you on the road, 
steer the car away from the way that it's facing. This is, this is what I get, just driving down the road. I'm like, okay, if an animal jumps out, yeah, all right, steer away from the way it's facing. I was sitting there going, what a random, what a weird thing to think. Why would I, you know, why, why would I all of a sudden just get that? Not even 10 seconds later, <laughs> the biggest rabbit I've ever seen in my life <laughs> runs out and, and, and stops right in the middle of the road, like right in the middle of where I'm going. It's probably like 20 metres in front of me, doing like 80, 100 kilometres an hour. And, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know what would have happened if, I, I believe it was, you know, God speaking to me. I don't know what would have happened if he didn't tell me. I probably would have hit it. And, and all I remember was steer towards the way, away from its, the way it's facing. And we just steered around it. You know, this thing stops in the middle and it's like looking all frantic, you know, in the headlights. And uh, just as I was about to go past it, it sort of darts off. I, who knows what would have happened? The point is that we just never know when, when the Lord's going to speak to us. And we've got we to just be listening, Re- really listening, just waiting any moment for, for what he's going to say. The thing is that God doesn't call you, God doesn't give you these assignments and when you're ready. It would be nice, you know, God, just give me some time, I've got to get things sorted out, you know, got my career I've got to work on, let me just, you know, get some money first. And then, then, then you can tell me, then you can give me, some, <laughs> give me some assignments. God doesn't work that way. He doesn't wait till we're ready. We've got to be listening for when he speaks. The second thing that you know, we, we can see from this, from this passage of Scripture, the second thing we need to understand is that when he speaks to us, he doesn't always give us all the information. He doesn't always give us the full story, the full details, the step-by-step, this is what's going to happen. You know, if we look at this, this passage of Scripture, the, the assignment that they receive is to free a demon-possessed man on the other side of the lake. But what is the instruction? Get in a boat and go to the other side. And that's all they get. They don't get why. They don't get how and what's going to happen. All the little steps along the way, they just get, get in a boat, go to the other side. The thing is that God doesn't always give us all the details. Sometimes it's something so simple like, I just want you to go over there. And that's it. See, because what, what, what the Lord is actually looking for is he's looking for people who are going to trust him. The Lord doesn't give us all the details because he wants us to trust him. You know, by not, by not sharing everything, if we, if we imagine with our, with our story here that God says to the disciples, I want you to get in a boat, I want you to go over the other side, there's going to be a storm, you know, this is going to happen, water in the boat, Jesus is going to calm it, you're going to get the other side, you know, and they give you all the details if God tells you everything about what's going to happen, then we're no longer, we no longer require any faith. And you know, the Bible tells us that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So when God tells us something like, go over there, do this, and doesn't give us all the information, we get the opportunity then to trust him and go in faith. You know, I, I, I think about it as, you know, as, as hard as it is and as sometimes as frustrating 
as it is to not know all the information. I think of it as what a privilege. What a privilege it is where the Lord tells me something and doesn't give me all the information. It's a privilege to then be able to go, okay, I'm going to say yes, not knowing everything, and I'm going to step out in faith. And I'm going to, and I'm going to trust you. What a privilege. The next part of our um, next part of our story here, we see, uh, you know, the, the disciples get in the boat, and Jesus falls asleep, and then they they head off to the other side, and then immediately a storm comes along, and you know I don't I don't believe it's a coincidence, I don't believe like you know the weather report for that day included a storm, the the the, the storm came. Because the disciples were going, right? The, 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 storm, uh, the storm came in direct opposition to what the disciples were doing. The purpose of that storm was actually to stop them from fulfilling their assignment. The reality of living a lifestyle of faith, unfortunately, but it's the reality is that we're going to actually encounter some storms. There's going to be things along the way as we as we hear God's voice and we respond with a yes and we step out in faith, there's going to be some challenges. You know, the enemy doesn't actually like it when we do that. And he's going to, he's going to try and do what he can to make sure that we don't fulfill that assignment that God's given us. If we... Um, you know, if we, if, if we consider the, the, the purpose of the storm here in this situation... And the, the tactic that the enemy uses, it's fear, right? When we're, when we're responding to, to God and saying yes and heading out, stepping out in faith, the tactic that the enemy uses is fear. And if we look at the response, we look at how the disciples, um, how they reacted to the storm, we can see some of, their, you know, so, some of the things that they were saying about, we're going to drown, they, they're, they're, they're so overwhelmed with fear at this point that they're just like, this is it. This is the end. This is where we die. Jesus is asleep. He, he doesn't care about us. We're just here in the middle of the storm. It's all, it's, all, it's all gone. It's all finished. The disciples actually, and in this moment, they're actually overwhelmed with fear to the point where they have to wake Jesus up. I always wonder, I wonder who, who the person was who actually had to do that. I just imagine they're all like, you do it. No, you do it. You do it. <laughs> I don't want to wake him up. This is paper rock. Someone had to wake Jesus up and say, Master, Master, why don't, you, why don't you care about us? I mean, we're in the middle of the storm. Why don't you care about us? Who's ever been there before? Yeah, probably all of us. In the middle of, in the middle of a trial, in the middle of everything going, seemingly going wrong, we're going, Jesus, come on. What are you doing? Why are you asleep? Why is now the time? You pick to have a nap. The disciples wake him up. He gets up and he turns to the, the waves. He rebukes the waves. He rebukes the wind. And the Bible tells us immediately, instantly it says, instantly they stop. It wasn't like, give it 10 seconds for it to calm down. <laughs> instantly stop. Water is smooth as glass. And then Jesus turns to the disciples 
and some translations, I think, have it different. But he turns to the disciples after he's just calmed the storm and he says, where is your faith? Where is your faith? This so challenges me. I'm so challenged by this. If, I, you know, if, we, if we consider the fact that Jesus is asking them, where is your faith? The implication of that question suggests that the disciples should have done something. There was, there was some kind of response that they should have done. If what they did was be overwhelmed with fear, if they, what, what they did was turn to look at the circumstance that they were in, they began to focus on the, on the waves, they began to focus on the fact that there's water coming in the boat. They were focusing on the circumstance begin to, and they were beginning to be overwhelmed with fear. If that was their response that, that Jesus said, where's your faith to? That means that there was something else they were supposed to do. They were supposed to respond some other way. And I was just thinking about, you know, what should they have done? What was the appropriate response here in this situation, in the middle of the lake, surrounded by the storm? I want to uh, propose two possibilities this morning. You know, if we think about, if we go right back to the beginning of the story, Jesus gives them instructions. What did he say to them? Get in a boat. Let's go to the other side. And so if we look at these instructions, it's God's plan. It's Jesus' plan here in this word to do what? Go to the other side. It's It's in the word. We're going to the other side. And, you know, so often... So often we, we, we receive a word from God. Maybe, maybe you've received a prophetic word and you've set off on this assignment. You've, you've gone off on this journey going, yes, God, I, I believe it. And then you're in the middle of the storm and somehow you've forgotten everything. It's so, it's so important for us that we go back and go, hang on, what did God say? What did he say right in the beginning? He said, we're going to the other side. You know, and so, and so I think about the disciples here in this situation where, again, they're, they're, they're so focused on the circumstance. They're so focused on the storm. They've forgotten everything else. And I, I think maybe it's possible here in this situation that the disciples maybe could have just sat in the boat and rode out the storm, just holding on to that belief that, that you know what, Jesus said, we're going to the other side. That's what he said. And you know what? Despite the, the storm, despite the water coming in the boat, I believe what he said. We're going to the other side. I don't know how we're going to do it. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm just going to hold on to the fact that he said we're going to the other side. And I want to encourage you this morning. You know, if you've, if, if you've received a word from God, write it down. <laughs> Something really practical here. Write it down. Because there's a possibility that sometime in the future you're going to need to go back and have a look at what he said. And you know, it's so important that we, that we remember this is what God said and we believe it. He said we're going to the other side. That's what's going to happen. The other possibility, the other, the other thing I want to propose is... If we look at Jesus 
and we look at how he responded to the storm. And we see that when Jesus woke up, the disciples woke him up, and his response to the storm was to do what? Rebuke it. He got up, he rebuked the wind, he rebuked the waves. And so, and so if I'm thinking about when he turns to them and says, where's your faith? There's a possibility here that the, that the disciples were actually supposed to do that same thing. Jesus gives us this, this example to follow. This is what he did, this is what we can do as well. There's a possibility then that the disciples were supposed to rebuke the storm. Um, ben actually shared last, last week about how faith, uh, faith creates alternative realities. Right? Faith creates alternative realities. The opposite of that is also true, when, where fear actually stops it. And, you know, while, while faith creates alternative realities, fear actually stops us from seeing what's possible. It stops us from believing the impossible, that God could literally do anything in any circumstance, in any situation. Fear begins to just, just turn our attention onto that one thing and just focus on it. And, and the opposite is for faith. When we have faith, we begin to go, you know what? God can literally do anything. He can do anything. Calm, calm a storm. It's no problem. And it's interesting that I, when, I, when I read this scripture and I see how the disciples responded after Jesus calmed the storm. They see him calm the storm and then they begin to say things like that, that, that they're shocked. They're shocked. And don't get me wrong, I, <laughs> I probably would be too, right? Having a storm just stop instantly is not... You know, it's not something casual. <laughs> but, you know, the, the disciples at this point had already seen Jesus do amazing things. It wasn't, it wasn't entirely new for Jesus to do something miraculous, right? Turning water into wine. It, I think just before this, he, he actually raised someone from the dead in, in Luke. He, he's already done amazing miracles. And whilst, you know, calming the storm is something amazing, the fact that they never, they never thought that that was possible because, because they were overwhelmed with fear. Fear, fear had overwhelmed them. And when, it, when, when we let fear take over, it, it stops us believing that anything is possible. And so, you know, I want to I propose with, with looking at Jesus' example here in this scripture, That we need to be able to, we need to be able to sleep through a storm in order to have power over it. If we cannot, if we cannot sleep through the storm, we cannot have power over it. I want to, I want to challenge us and encourage us to use Jesus' example when we're faced with challenges in our life, when we're on an assignment, when we're out in the middle of a lake and there's a storm coming,
Let me just finish with this this morning. You know, the Bible, the Bible doesn't actually promise that living a lifestyle of faith is going to be easy. Uh, I'm not sure where that scripture is. If someone knows, please tell me. <laughs> the Bible doesn't promise that living a lifestyle of faith, stepping out of the boat, is going to be easy. But the reality is that Jesus is with us. He's with us all the way. Time and time again, we, we, we read through the scriptures and we see that God is with us. He's always there. He will never leave us, never forsake us. It's his promise. And, you know, if we look at, we, we look at this, this scripture that we read today, and if we even consider the one from last week with, with Peter and Jesus on the water, and we see how Peter began to sink in the water, but Jesus is still there. When you step out of faith, Jesus is still there. And if you fail, if you begin to sink, he's still there. He's there to reach out his hand, pull you up, walk you back to the boat. If you're in the middle of the storm, Jesus is still there. He's still there to calm the storm. I want us to hold on to the fact that as we go, as we go and preach the gospel, as we go and heal the sick, Remember that Jesus is with us. We can, we can count on him to be with us. Let me just encourage you this, as you go this week, as you go into, into your workplaces, as you go to home, to, uh, to your office, as you go to school, as you go to the shops, as you head out into your week, let me encourage you. Be prepared to hear the voice of God. Be intentional about it. When you wake up in the morning, say, Lord, here I am, I'm listening. I'm ready for you to speak to me today. Let's be people who are intentional, actively listening, sitting on the train. You may be listening to some music, but you know, at the same time, you're like just ready, hearing, waiting for God to speak to you. Let's, let's consider it a privilege to respond with a yes when, when God gives us an assignment and he doesn't tell us all the details. As hard as, as hard as it may be, when he just says go, consider it a privilege to go, you know what, I'm going. I don't know how. I don't know how much this is going to cost me. I don't know if I can afford it. I don't know how I'm going to get there. I don't know what's going to happen when I get there. But the Lord's telling me to go. I'm going to put my trust in Him, my faith in Him, and I'm going to go. And let's hold on to the promises that He's given us. As part of living a lifestyle of faith, you're going to need to have those, those promises that God's said to you to look back on. And let's remember Jesus' example in the middle of the storm when he gets up and rebukes it. And don't be afraid because Jesus is with you. Why don't we just close our eyes this morning?
Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you're always with us. You never leave us, Lord. You never forsake us. You are with us every step of the way. You are such a good God. This morning, Lord, I pray for everyone here this morning. Lord, I pray that as we head out in our week, Lord, that you would, you would speak to us and we would be ready to listen to your voice. Lord, this week we are ready to listen to your voice. Lord, I pray that we would respond with a yes. Despite everything that might be going on, Lord, we respond with a yes to you. Lord, and I thank you for boldness, for courage, Lord. Lord, I pray for a supernatural courage in all of us today to take that step of faith, to take that step out of the boat into the unknown. Lord, and I thank you for the, for the testimonies of people walking on water. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen.